Hi everyone and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news stories and highlights. My name is Luke and thank you for joining me on episode number 55 of Games Are Fun. Games Are Fun is back after a long break. I took a couple of weeks off for, for vacation at the end of June and into July. I took off a week, I think, before that and then after that just to kind of get back into the routine and schedule. But I am back. Episodes are going to resume as normal every Tuesday. They will air on all the major podcast services. Um, If you're new to the show, welcome. Games Are Fun is a weekly show where each week I talk about the latest video game news and stories. Uh, Sometimes I'm just talking about what's going on in the industry and other times I'm talking about what games I've been playing, etc, etc. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Of course, Games Are Fun is available on all the major podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service you use. Before we get into the show, uh, if you would like to further your support, you can do that now. Check the show notes on this podcast and you will be able to find a link that will direct you to my anchor page and you can support the show at three different tiers. You can support the show at a dollar a month, five dollars a month, and ten dollars a month. Any support that you guys give the show financially will help fund future episodes. One of the big things I'm trying to save up for is just kind of taking the production value of this podcast to the next level. I can need some more recording equipment so I can have more people uh, come in person and record better produced episodes um, and stuff like that. So it's obviously voluntarily, but if you want to do that, you can find the link for that down in the show notes or just head over to my anchor page and you should be able to find the support this podcaster button. Um, yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've recorded an episode. I looked and it's almost nearing a month, but that's what uh, four weeks off will do for you. I went to uh, California for vacation and uh, it was awesome. I had a great time. It was a great break, a much needed break after, you know, um, you, you always get that eagerness to go and and away from in the summer, right? Because it's nice out and I got to do that and it was really, really good. But I'm back and I'm really eager to kind of get back into routine. I love the break. It was awesome. But, you know, a little bit of structure is is always good. So, Yeah, I haven't been playing a lot of video games and I haven't actually been keeping up with the news lately just because I have been away. So um, this episode is going to be about a couple different things that I was able to find and found interesting. Um, One of them is actually pretty breaking. It was released today, the information about it. Uh, So we're going to be talking about a new Nintendo Switch model. No, we're not going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch Lite, which was announced a couple weeks ago. This is a updated version of the typical Nintendo Switch SKU. Um, We're gonna be talking about Sony hosting a conference at China Joy 2019. That's gonna be their first major conference this year and actually I think their first conference since E3 in 2018, so we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna have a brief story about GameStop working on uh, a new store concept um, that is looking at kind of saving their their business, um, coming up with new stores with a new direction. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And is that it? Yeah, that's basically it. It's going to be that's what the episode's going to be this week. 
Um, but before we get to all that, I'll, I'll just give you guys an update of what I kind of have been playing. Although I haven't been playing as much as I would like to, I still have been playing. I've been playing the Switch a lot just because obviously I took that on the plane ride to when I went to California and I've been playing that. Um, I have lots of lay layovers at the airport, so I have lots of time to do that. Uh, so a game that's kind of been out for, for a minute now is Cadence of Hyrule. I finally got a chance to kind of put a bunch of time into it. And I just got to say that that game is incredible. So for those of you who don't know, it's a, a Crypt of the Necrodancer game. And basically that is a top-down perspective, like dungeon crawler that it has this rhythm-based mechanic to it. So your player and the enemies move to a beat. And so you kind of have to move around the map to a certain beat and the enemies also move in patterns to uh, the music and stuff like that. So you kind of, it kind of takes a little bit of strategy and I've never played Crypt of the Necrodancer, but earlier this year we found out that they were making a new game. Um, that, that studio was given the Zelda license. And so basically it's a, a Crypt of the Necrodancer game, but stylized in the Legend of Zelda world. So you can play as Link, you can play as Zelda. It looks like Hyrule and everything like that. So I've been playing that game, and I played it on the, the plane ride as well as uh, at the airport a bunch, and it's really, really fun. I love it. I highly recommend it to anyone who is a big big fan of Zelda, for one, and uh, anyone who's just looking for a shorter five to six hour game um, that has a really cool mechanic to it. This isn't just a top-down dungeon crawler. That rhythm mechanic in it makes it really, really fun and entertaining. Uh, it's something that I'm surprised that I I totally glossed over uh, the first game that came out from Crypt of the Necrodancer. But yeah, I, it's, it's really fun. Obviously, it's only for the Nintendo Switch because it is a Nintendo property. Um, I believe you can get Crypt of the Necrodancer for all the major platforms, though. So if you kind of want to, if you're interested in that gameplay style, you can still play a game like that. I believe it's available for other um, consoles and everything. But yeah, I really enjoy that. Another game I've been playing is, um, what have I been playing? That's a great question. Oh yeah, we got uh, Overcooked 2. So uh, me and my girlfriend, Megan, played Overcooked. We basically got every trophy in the game. We three-starred every level. And um, after that, we obviously wanted to, to keep playing. And so I ended up getting that we did on the PlayStation 4. And so I decided to pick it up on the Switch so that we can kind of play it on the plane and at the airport and stuff. And yeah, that game is phenomenal. If you're looking for a really entertaining cooperative game to play with somebody who maybe isn't interested in video games or doesn't have a lot of background playing video games, Overcooked is a great introduction point, I believe. It is... Fairly simple, it, can, it takes a lot of cooperation, a lot of communication, and it does take a little bit to find your rhythm and how to do the tasks that you need to do. But once you kind of get to that point and you find that rhythm between you and your partner, you're, you're pretty much set. It's really fun to work as a team in place. It, it, it is the definition of a cooperative game because it really depends on the other person uh, pulling their weight for your success, right? So. It's really fun. Um, I like that they've added new recipes and new um, maps that are much more difficult than the first game. You can like throw food and stuff like that now, which is really handy. So you can like throw ingredients to your partner across the map. Um, so I've been playing that. We're looking at hopefully gonna three star every level for Overcooked 2. And then uh, a couple games that I haven't played yet, but now have, 
um, available to me is Rage 2. I finally, I put that, see, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but basically what happens is I, uh, Edmonton, the city I live in, has a library, public library with lots of branches across the city. And they get all new, brand new Xbox and PS4 games available to check out at the library. So pretty much any major AAA game that you can think of that got a physical release is available at the library. Now the newer games, so games that just get released, because it takes probably, well, it kind of depends. Like some of the really popular new releases, it'll take about a week or two for them to be available at the library. But the thing is, is people put holds on them. So um, you can put the item on hold and so maybe a week after it's released, they'll have two copies available and then like six or seven weeks after the game released that the library now has like 10 or 15 copies kind of floating around the city. And so what you can do is put it on hold and, and pick it up at the nearest branch. And so, yeah, what I do is I just go onto the website and once there's a ton of games that are already on order but haven't been released yet. So games like for this fall, for example, um, are already available to hold at the library. Um, so you kind of just, you kind of wait in line for it. So I did that for Rage 2 before it even released. I think like a month before Rage 2 came out, I put my um, put myself in queue. And for perspective, some of these games, you can be in line for a while. Um, it's mostly PlayStation 4 because more people have PlayStation 4s, I believe. And so the Xbox ones are generally, you know, don't take as long for you to, to receive them and, and, and get to check them out. Um, but I finally got, after I think I was like 60th in position, and I finally got Rage 2, and that's not too bad, a couple months after release. Um, more exciting to me is Bloodstained, um, Ritual of the Night, I put on hold like a week for PlayStation 4, a week before it released, and now it's already available for pickup, and that game's only been out for like a month, so... Um, yeah, those two games I have, I haven't played them yet, but I can, you can kind of expect next week, um, for me to have played them a little bit more and, um, I'll have some thoughts surrounding them, but yeah, really kind of low key on the video game playing lately, just because I've been so busy and I hope to change that, um, here pretty soon. So let's get into talking about a couple things that I wanted to talk about today. So... Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the new Nintendo Switch model. That This actually, I woke up and saw this news article posted and I was like, great, I have content to talk about today on the podcast. So uh, this is coming from Tom Warren over at TheVerge.com and it's Nintendo announces updated Switch with better battery life. A new CPU and storage are likely inside. So Nintendo is unveiling an updated version of its Switch console today with promises of improved battery life. The new model will include approximately two extra hours of battery life, bringing the estimates of usage to between 4.5 and 9 hours. Nintendo's current Switch has an estimated battery life between 2.5 and 6.5 hours. Nintendo's Switch product page doesn't reveal exactly how the company has achieved this improved battery life, but it's likely thanks to a new system on chip inside an updated memory. A recent FCC listing revealed that Nintendo was planning to update the Switch with a new CPU and storage. This new model, dubbed HAC001, should start appearing in store soon. You'll need to check for serial numbers starting with XKW to make sure you got the model with the best battery life. 
Nintendo's updated Switch comes just a week after the company unveiled the Switch Lite, a smaller and cheaper model designed for handheld play. The Switch Lite has a smaller 5.5 inch touch display and a battery life between three and seven hours. Nintendo is planning to make the Switch Lite available for $200 on September 20th. So, um, Along with this, they also uh, showed off that there are some new Joy-Cons coming to the Nintendo Switch later this year. There's like a purple and a yellow one, and then a blue and a neon yellow one. Um, and you can find those on Jap Japan's like Nintendo website. Um, yeah, a little lackluster in my opinion for an announcement on a new Switch. When we saw the Nintendo Switch Lite announced, um, that was a pretty big announcement because it was taking it was really changing the Nintendo Switch console. It switched it to, uh, like the article said, a handheld only experience. So you won't be able to dock your Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, you won't be able to connect it to a TV and play on the TV. The Joy-Cons um, aren't existent for the Nintendo Switch Lite. Like you, you have the controllers on the side of the console, but they're not removable. Um, and I don't know off the top of my head if you can actually connect a wireless controller like a, a pro controller to the nintendo switch Lite. i think it's just like an exclusive handheld console but i i might be wrong on that so don't quote me but um yeah so we were kind of expecting for the neck the switch pro is going to be bigger and better and this is kind of like a half step even a quarter step some would say but to those people i like as kind of disappointed as i was seeing that this wasn't a big hardware revision or anything like that I will say that it's kind of expected. I mean, this this Switch has been out for two and a half years now, and if we look at some of the other consoles in the past, you know, it's been a, it's there's been a longer gap before we get that Pro version or that updated version. Um, think of how many SKUs the Xbox 360 had, right? Um, think of the Xbox One even. The day one Xbox One version came with a 500 gigabyte, gigabyte hard drive, and then I think probably about a year later, uh, maybe two years later, they started releasing that same console, but with uh, one terabyte hard drives. Now, they didn't improve CPU or anything like that. They didn't have to worry about battery life, um, so it wasn't really an upgrade. It was just something with a bigger hard drive. It still was an upgrade from what was released at launch. And so that's kind of similar thing here. You're getting a better battery. It's improving on these things, but it's not overhauling everything. I expect probably next year or the year after that, maybe a year and a half for us to finally see a new Nintendo Switch that is really overhauled. So I'm talking maybe better resolution, better frame rate, um, maybe bigger, uh, less bezel around uh, the screen, that kind of stuff. I don't expect uh, with the fact that they have the Nintendo Switch Lite and then this new Nintendo Switch uh, upgrade, upgraded version, that's what's going to be the what they're going to push for this holiday season. And so, it, you know, we can kind of expect it won't be until next holiday that they're going to start pushing a new hardware or new piece of new console version. So, uh, I mean, it's great for those people who don't have a Switch. It's kind of this, I, I kind of think of the PlayStation VR and how the current SKU for the PlayStation VR is upgraded from the first one that initially released, but ultimately it's the same piece of hardware. So um, yeah, you're getting a little bit better for this and it's going to just replace what's already out there. Um, so yeah, I I think that's great, um, but I will agree that it is nothing to, to write home about. So um, 
yeah, kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that's really all I had to say about that. So let's move on to our next article, and that is from PlayStationLifestyle.net. Brianna Reeves, Sony will host a lengthy PlayStation conference at China Joy 2019. Every year, a digital exhibition, China Joy, is held in Shanghai, China. As the region's largest digital entertainment expo, it demands a lot of attention. This year, Sony has chosen to get involved as the company will host a two-hour PlayStation press conference on August 1st, 2019 at 5.30 p.m. GMT, 12.30 p.m. CST. At the moment, we don't know what will be shown at this lengthy press conference. Surely there will be significant news that is especially relevant to the publisher's Chinese market. For instance, updates concerning the PlayStation-supported China Hero Project may take center stage. According to the initiatives listing on the PlayStation Asia website, the China Hero Project lends support to Chinese game developers. This project primarily aids startup developer who wish to develop their work for both the Chinese and global markets. While we can't be too sure, of what will or will not be shown during the China Joy 2019 PlayStation Conference, Sony has offered a few teases. Walmart Canada's senior gaming tech and media editor, Paul Hunter, recently posted the following teaser images to his Twitter page. PlayStation teasing seven games for their China Joy two-hour press conference. And so there's like three pictures there. Um, you can't. They don't really identify anything, so... I don't really need to describe them, but when asked if any of these title, any of these titles will be from the company's first-party studios, Hunter suggested there wouldn't be. As always, fans should take speculation of any kind with a grain of salt. However, it's probably best to also keep expectations at a minimum. Given the press conference setting, most of the news to come out of it, if not all the news, will be geared towards PlayStation's market in China. Still, Western audiences are awaiting some kind of new information from the publisher. Big reveals have been scarce since Death Stranding's release date announcement ahead of E3 2019, which Sony skipped in favor of hosting smaller announcements throughout the year via its State of Play broadcast. So um, this is kind of interesting. I think it's fascinating that Sony decided to, for their first big press conference, to hold it at something like this. I think that Brianna is exactly right in her speculation that this is going to be completely geared towards the Asian market, specifically China. China is so separate from, you know, Japan and Korea and all of Asia um, that if it's being held within China, it's going to be pretty, pretty much directly relating to to that market. So, um, I mean, it's not the that we can't nothing that we can't be excited for because it is a two hour press conference. There might be something that we can pull out of there that we didn't necessarily know before. But yeah, I mean, we've been waiting for for something. And it's just interesting that they decided to go with that. Um, but only time will tell we only have a couple of weeks to wait to kind of see what's shown off for that. I don't really have too many thoughts on what I think would will be shown because I really have no idea. But um, yeah, here's hoping for a little bit of information. I think one way, if it's going to be completely directed at uh, the China market, one of the things that they could do is maybe do another state of play uh, video around that time, maybe a week before or a week after or something like that, just highlighting some new announcements, if they have any. It's really hard to say. Uh, we're only like two or three months away from Death Stranding's release date so it'd be really cool to see some like like a 30 minutes well again that's too long 
for a state of play, but we just see some some sort of gameplay for that, maybe get an update on The Last of Us Part Two. Like, who knows? I, I really am not sure. Um, but regardless, you can expect me to, to touch on this conference after it's aired, um, if there's anything of importance that was shown off in that. Um, and then the last article I wanted to read today is over from GameRant.com. It's from Ramon Hara. And uh, it's titled GameStop working on new store concepts for gamers. So <laughs> for gamers, um, it is no secret that GameStop, which was once considered the leading retailer for video games, is going through tough times. Last month, reports surfaced that the company's stock prices dropped due to changing behavior of how consumers acquire their games, leaning more to digital purchases rather than heading into a physical store. In an effort to stay relevant amidst a changing landscape that is becoming more digital, GameStop revealed that it's partnering with RGA to develop new store concepts for gamers. In a nutshell, the plan is to go beyond just selling video games by providing a community for players to try out games before purchasing them. GameStop is also looking into hosting competitive esports events and opening new locations that strictly sell retro video games. While the latest statement from GameStop did not delve into specifics, it, it appears that the company is trying to create a unique experience encouraging players to visit their stores and engage with the rest of the community. As of the moment, GameStop did not give a time frame on when it's planning to implement these new concepts, but it's likely that the changes will slowly roll, roll out into the coming months. Um, just last week, reports surfaced that GameStop is dying, and analyst Michael Patcher revealed that the primary reason for the company's stagnation is due to the current console generation that has made digital games more accessible than ever before. Patcher explained that consumers nowadays put more value in digital games, especially since it's become easier to game share between friends and family members. Apart from the rising preference for digital games, the push towards video game streaming is also predicted to major, make a large enough dent on physical games. Several months ago, Google made a shocking announcement when it revealed the Stadia at GDC 2019. Google Stadia is an upcoming streaming service, blah, blah, blah. You already know what it is. So um, yeah, this the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because, you know, for the longest time, GameStop and EB Games and everything has uh, been a, a a pillar for selling video games like they are the the kings of retailer brick and mortar stores for selling physical video games uh, for a long time they were also known as selling used video games right you could go in there trade your video games you wouldn't get necessarily a lot for them but it was a, a kind of a way for you to pick up uh, or trade trade in to get some um, cash back or whatever to buy new video games and then other people could also go in there and buy older games at a discounted price just because they were used, right? And I remember when I was younger going into EB games um, and being able to pick up like retro games. And at some point, you know, that just stopped where it was pretty much just uh, the current generation and the last generation, and that's it. So if they had uh, storefronts that were really well executed at uh, having a large library of retro games spanning from, you know, the NES all the way up until, you know, maybe Xbox 360 or even the current gen, but maybe a smaller selection. Um, that could really, really help, right? I love going into used video games uh, stores. It's great to kind of to hunt for bargains and stuff like that. I love collecting Nintendo 64 games as well as, uh, you know, PlayStation 2 games, Xbox 360 games, um, GameCube games, you name it. Like I, I love collecting games as you guys all know. And one of the, the funnest parts of that is going out to different stores or going on uh, and trying to 
hunt for these games and try to find the best prices possible. Um, I have only a couple selections in my current city of going to find used video games and generally their prices are, are not very fair in my opinion. Um, so having, you know, it, it's hard to say um, what this could do. I think the idea of bringing in a place focused on like, um, like, sorry, uh, where I lost my point that I wanted to make here. Where is it? Esports events. Yeah. So like them looking at hosting competitive esports events and stuff like that, uh, could be interesting as well if they had like some sort of like you think of like Microsoft stores and how they have a, a place where you can try out Xbox ones and um, HoloLens or whatever having spaces like that in their stores where like people could watch people do and they could host local competitions of like Smash Brothers or for Fortnite or something like that like that that would be a really cool way because you could bring people into the the buildings and then you can maybe make some money at the end of the day, all I'm saying is that I think it's good that they're trying to to save this. GameStop's not doing good, and I don't. I, I think that if they don't execute whatever pivot they try to make, um, it, it's probably going to be their fallout. Unfortunately, um, it's it's like the article said they're already on thin ice, and um, if whatever new implement implementations they make or new concepts they come up with don't work out and are just a big waste of money, then that's just going to be putting a huge dent in everything. And, um, I don't think they'll be able to recover for something like that. So I'm, I'm hoping the best for GameStop. I don't really shop there anymore. Um, I'm, I'm just part of the problem, I guess a little hypocritical, but, um, you know, I, I collect retro games, I buy physical games as much as I can, but on the other hand, you know, digital does make things easy. I am looking, I am, I got the Founders Pack for Google Stadia, I am looking forward to this all digital future. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things that kind of happens and we're now seeing it in the video game industry, right? We saw it already happen with movies, um, you know, with movie rental like Blockbuster now, People don't even, there's a whole generation of kids out there that don't even understand the concept of going and renting and buying movies and that kind of stuff physically. So yeah, crazy stuff. But um, that's all the articles I had for you guys today. Um, I did want to mention a couple things before we end off the show here. I know it was a smaller episode, but again, I'm just, just give me a chance to kind of get back into things here. Um, a couple things that I am looking forward to is I am planning on uh, finding some time to do some streaming again over on my Twitch channel. I'm kind of going to gear it towards more of a separate kind of platform from my podcast. So like I had branded my Twitch channel after my podcast and everything. Uh, I think what I'm going to do now is kind of make it its own separate thing, make it solely focused on me and gaming and totally not worry about um, the podcast at all. Uh, so I'm going to change my username and everything like that and start streaming um, some regular games. So rather than streaming one specific game that's, or sorry, rather than streaming a variety of games or whatever I'm playing, I think I'm going to kind of do it in chunks. So, uh, you know, 
multiple streams of one game before I move on to the next new game or something like that. I don't want to keep it exclusive to one single game because I'm not kind of that kind of gamer, but I do want to get back into the streaming world. It's a great way for me to interact with you guys and I kind of miss that interaction. I haven't had it for a while since I haven't streamed for a while. Um, so yeah, you can kind of expect updates on that over on my Facebook page. That's a great reminder to end off the show that, uh, make sure you check out Facebook. Just search for games are fun. You can follow me on Twitter at games are fun podcast or sorry, at games are fun pod on Twitter and on Instagram at games are fun podcast, uh, to catch all the updates on whatever I'm doing for the podcast and for my channel and stuff. Um, yeah. And that's about it for this week's show. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday there will be a podcast but we're back on schedule now um, so you can look forward to that so anyways enjoy the week and I'll talk to you guys all next Tuesday see you later